day for me yesterday and uh, yeah, it's okay long days for many of us many different times are there not and uh, for me uh, uh, office work here in the morning and then uh, headed on down to Portland where we had our kickoff event for New England Bible College last night and uh, uh, and then back last night oh about 11 o'clock last night. So, uh, uh, yeah, good, good long full day today. Another day today up to Bangor and uh, just trying to make sure the school year gets off to a, a successful start here. And uh, so it means a little bit of extra running around for me, which is okay. That's part of what I've signed up for. So, but hopefully you're doing well today. 
Hey, anybody listening in the background, we'd love to have you connect with us when we're live here at 6 a.m. Eastern time here in the United States. Uh, If you're listening, whatever part of the world you're listening from, uh, we'd love love to have you say, hey, um, I'm here. See me. Just say hello. Say good morning like that. It builds a sense of community. among us, it really does. Those that, that are, have already said something and others who you will see say something, uh, they would all tell you that, in fact, this this practice has built a sense of community. There have been listeners that have not known each other, um, and then would we would get together at, at a location, or they would come here from wherever they're living, uh, and it's like instantaneous boom, uh, relationship that's there. So I just want to encourage you, be a part of that, uh, be part of the community that way. Um, this community, the Daily Discipleship Podcast community, and uh, you will benefit from that, and everybody else will benefit as well. So I just want to encourage you uh, along those lines. And here's uh, Priscilla in the comments right now saying, so true. I mean, she's we're in Maine. We're in mid-coast Maine, and uh, Priscilla and Steve, I want to know how Steve did on his uh, cataract surgery, um, but they live in Reedville, Virginia, uh, and found their way to us here and got to know us maybe before this broadcast started, but but absolutely telling us that uh, it's so true that, that this online and some commentary and a little dialogue in the morning does build a community. And then there's Walter Huss uh, saying good morning from Lake St. Catherine, Vermont. Walter, I got to tell you, I'd be pretty tempted to get in my car and come over there. Uh, I really would. I thought about that. Thought, Man, once once and everything is copacetic and uh, uh I would I would head over there. I don't I haven't asked my wife about that yet. Plus we've got weekend things. But anyway, I thought, man, I'd love to go over there and spend time with Walter at uh, uh, at the cabin over there uh, on uh, Lake St. Catherine. Beautiful, beautiful place over there. We're in Second Peter, and um, we are picking up in this chapter where we left off the other day. So if you're following along in your Bible, we're going to be in First Peter, not First Peter, Second Peter, Second Peter chapter 2. We've already worked through this once, uh, but there's more I wanted to draw from it. Uh, there's more in the text, more in the passage. Before I go there, uh, you have seen on the bottom of the screen, there is the information. Uh, if if you would like to become a supporter of uh, my ministry in particular uh, and all that I do, uh, yes, I, I do get a, a paycheck uh, from uh, New England Bible College. Now, it's not substantial. I just want to say that. Um, but as I'm raising funds uh, for my ministry with Concentric, I really need to have partners uh, as a part of that. And why not, uh, while I'm online, take the opportunity just to talk about that. There you can see it, uh, concentricglobal.org backslash give and uh, you know that it, it uh, designation you find the place down where it says designation find my name if you want to support all my friends that are there there's uh, i think three different ones of us that are listed in that list uh, 
you go ahead, please do. I always, I always say support your local church first, but certainly if you want to be a part of what we're doing globally, uh, and Don has it there uh, in uh, uh, in the comments as well, where you can click into the link. Would love to have you as partners. Uh, I am working this next uh, year or two trying to raise 100 partners. So let me just say this, and then we're going to get into the Bible. And uh, uh, I, I gave the illustration, you know, 100 partners, $100 a month, and praying people. I absolutely need praying people. Yesterday, I was reminded so vividly of the absolute need of being bathed in prayer uh, by faithful prayer warriors. Uh, we're trying to have major impact in the state of Maine. Uh, want to have major impact around the world, and uh, prayer is what is going to make that happen. So please pray. Uh, so I need lots of prayer partners uh, that way. But then the financial partners, and I gave the illustration, 100 uh, friends giving it $100 a month. Now you might say, I, I can't do $100 a month. I can do 10 uh, and I want to do 10. If the Lord leads you to do 10 uh, and you want to be a, a continued part uh, that way, fantastic. If the Lord leads you to do 250, praise God. Or if the Lord leads you to do something occasionally or, or what I'm talking about, special efforts like South Sudan or or other places, uh, certainly do that. Uh, but there's, there's the information. It's there. And uh, I'm not going to labor that point. Just want to let you know how thankful I am to all of you who who are listeners in our friendship and the support and the prayers uh, that you have given uh, so far in in my ministry. And uh, uh, I'm just so grateful for you. So let's get into the text of scripture here this morning. Second uh, Peter chapter two. We read through the whole passage. I may do the same thing again this morning. It says, uh, but there were also false prophets among the people. Now, in chapter 1, he talked about the true prophets uh, that brought us the word of God. Now he's talking about false teachers. He said, uh, just as there will be false teachers among you, uh, they will secretly introduce uh, destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, swift, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Uh and I said the other day, these ones don't always even know that they're false prophets. They are puppets in the hands of our adversary, the devil. Uh, and some do know, but some don't know. Uh, so when you look at them, it's like they're evil people. Well, yeah, that may be true. Or they may also just simply be pawns. Or the other thing that's true, and this is where biblical, further biblical education, especially for those who teach, is critical. Theological education, biblical education is absolutely critical for those who teach um, so that they don't go down these roads. Some people just aren't educated enough. Now, I do believe in a quick-release system. I, I do believe you get people introduced to Jesus. I do believe you get people introduced into how to study the Bible, uh, especially in places where there is not access like we have here in the United States. Uh, the quick-release system works, and people start going out and preaching Jesus, and then they begin to to learn and to grow as they have opportunity to get exposure. There are places in the world, friends, who do not have the opportunity to go to Bible colleges, uh, to take uh, certificate courses. That's one of the things we're working on at New England Bible College, uh, trying to get on cue uh, is what uh, what we call stackable certificates, where you might say, I have an interest in, in 
you know, being getting a certificate in apologetics. So we would offer some courses that we would believe would be helpful to certifying you. Then you get a certificate or say, I want to become a get cert, a cert, uh, certification certificate in New Testament. So we, we would put together a package of about three courses that would give you a certificate in that. Uh, those things are important. Those things help places around the world. Those things help right here. But there is the need for that education so people understand how to handle the Word of God. There are good ways and there are bad ways to handle the Word of God. And we want to equip people with, with the good ways, keeping things in context, and considering what other scriptures have to say about the topic. Those are two things in particular you can do. Verse 2 says this, many will follow their shameful ways and bring the way of truth into disrepute. And some have done that. They go out and they preach Jesus, and yet people see them stumbling all over town as a drunk. That's an example of, of, of a way of uh, people following their, their shameful ways. Well, it's okay. You go to church on Sunday. Uh, you light up your, your, your cigarette on Sunday afternoon. Uh, and I'm not necessarily saying that smoking is or isn't sinful. Um, you, uh, you carouse, you, you go, you go about telling dirty jokes and things like that. And yet be a preacher. It's inconsistent. And there are, we know there was an old movie called the apostle. Now this man, I think he provides somewhat of an example of the very thing I'm talking about, but he was tormented. He, He was an alcoholic and tormented by, um, his, his demons in that way, and it affected his family and so on and so forth, and yet he was holding these tent revivals and had lots and lots and lots of people incongruous. Uh, and it did bring the way of Jesus into disrepute. It, and the apostle named, it's an older movie, uh, but that is an example of everything we're talking about here, where he says many will follow their shameful ways and bring the way uh, of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up, their condemnation has been a long hanging over them, and their destruction has been has not been sleeping. The idea of making up these stories, what are we talking about here? We're talking about, you know, they're just full of stories. You know, they may share a verse of Scripture, and then all the rest of it is a story. Uh, and you got to be careful. The temptation can be to, to spin a yarn. That's, that's a main way of saying, uh, tell a story. Uh, that's spinning a yarn, and there there are preachers who tell stories because it tugs on the heartstrings. Now, I don't think it's wrong to tell stories to to appeal to the hearts of people. I think it's absolutely not wrong. But what happens is there are some people they make that the full course, and their the stories they're telling are fabricated, made up, uh, embellished. Friends, if what is being said uh, is uh, is embellished is more than what was really going on. That isn't exactly truth. Or if key points are left out to make the story sound better, that isn't exactly truth either. You know, so in their greed, and, and it talks about their greed, they're wanting money. Now, it might seem like, well, you're putting on here, you're talking about money, uh, but I'm also uh, not a false teacher. Pretty sure I'm not. And, um, we're working our way through the word of God, but they, they will appeal to you. They will tell you, hey, send your money. If one of the things I didn't do with you, and often they'll say, if you know, if you want to plant a seed, sow a seed, 
send, you know, $10, send $100 to my ministry, and God will do this for you. I didn't give any promises like that. All I said is I'm looking for partners to partner with me in what we're trying to do across the state of Maine, across New England, uh, and then uh, through concentric globally around the world. These ones will, will promise you things that they cannot deliver on. If you give, God will do this. Always be careful when, when you're hearing language like that. Um, there is a measure of biblical truth. Uh, if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you will reap generously. So there is there is some biblical foundation to that, but uh, they push it far, far, far more than it ought to be pushed, making promises that, that really are not God's promises. Verse 4 says, If God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them into the gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood and its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and he protected Noah because Noah's, Noah was seeking to be a righteous man, and he protected Noah's family as well. That were the That was the eight that were on Noah's ark, uh, Noah and his family, protecting God protected them because he was a preacher and a liver of righteousness as well. Verse 6 says, If he condemned the, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom and, I said Gorham, that's in Maine, Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what's going to happen in godly. And if he let, rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of men, uh, for that righteous man living among them after he was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he heard. And he says, if this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the, the, the godly men and women, godly people from their trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. Now, there are several ifs. This is part of learning Bible study here and how to study the Bible. Notice it says in verse 4, if God did not spare the angels, there's an if. Verse 5, if God did not spare the ancient world, there's an if. Here's another if. If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, if he rescued Lot, uh, and then verse 9, if this is so, all these ifs. In other words, he's saying, if God did all these things in this situation to the ungodly, then God knows how to reserve the ungodly, the, the wicked, the, the the unrepentant, the unremorseful for a day of judgment. And this is this is not popular language, but the fact of the matter is it's in the Scripture. The fact of the matter is it's something that will happen. God has promised. And you can read it throughout the various places new testament in in the gospels you can read it in in the epistles you can read it in uh the, the the book of revelation there is coming a day and there are times when god pours out judgment upon people sometimes individually sometimes on a whole people group that doesn't mean that everything that happens is judgment of god i'm not saying that lahaina uh, burning to the ground in maui was a judgment of god i'm not saying that it was at all I'm, nor am I necessarily saying it wasn't. I don't think it was. Um, there are other cities that you think, uh, if they if they were torched, you would understand why. So I'm not saying that's the, the case for Lahaina. All I'm saying is that, that God knows how to reserve judgment for those who uh, those whom deserve it, uh, and it will come to them. But then also, as we read 
in verse 9, it says this. Oops. Verse 9, he says, If this is so, the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment. God knows how to rescue you and I. Now, continuing on, verse 10, it says this. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature and despise authority. Bold and arrogant, these men are not afraid to slander celestial beings. And I I talked about one of those the other day. Uh, Some of the last clips I've seen of uh, Kenneth Copeland uh, are quite troubling. Um, The the bizarre laugh and and things. I'm not saying that God might not have worked through him, but, but I would count him among false teachers, especially when you consider the lavishness you know, uh, if you're seeing, if your preacher is paid, uh, supported by the church, not working their own business, that's a different story. But if, if their means of support is coming through ministry uh, and they are drive it, driving the finest of vehicles, having the largest of houses, having several houses, uh, I want to suggest to you that uh, I'm not sure that that's in the way of Jesus. Um I'm just not asking you to give money so I can live a lavish lifestyle. No, I, I really don't think that's in the way of Jesus. Uh, that that wasn't the demonstration we had from Jesus. That wasn't the demonstration we had from the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, the Apostle James, Apostle John, uh, of that type of a life. Uh, and they say all kinds of bold things. And this is one of the things you have to be careful of in our day. People love the extremes. Uh People flock to the people flock to the extremes of um, politics. People flock to the extremes uh, in in religious or even Christian teaching. Uh, they they love the extremes. Friends, often the extremes are not where the truth is. The truth is oftentimes more in the middle of those extremes. Um, verse eleven says, "Yet." Even angels, although they are stronger and more powerful, do not bring slanderous accusations against such beings in the presence of the Lord. In other words, we shouldn't be calling the devil names. Even the angels, even the holy angels, the the holy angels who have, in some ways, greater power than you and I, they don't slander celestial beings. And so we, we ourselves also need to be careful not to do that either. Um. But these men, going back to the men, going back to the false teachers, these men blaspheme in matters they do not understand. They are like brute beasts, creatures of instinct born to be caught and destroyed like beasts. They too will perish. I mean, their their time will come is what it's saying here. They'll be paid back for the harm, with harm for the harm they've done. What harm have they done? Uh, You know, we we have a person that is a part of the family, not, not my immediate family, but our our broader, broader body of Christ, whose family was significantly impacted by a false teacher who got, I don't know if it was hundreds of thousands of dollars from this particular family, promising we're going to build this, we're going to do this, uh, and yet they never built what they said they were going to build. And they 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 built a nice house for themselves, and they had a nice car, and Again, those things aren't wrong, but when you're asking people to give to support a ministry 
and yet it doesn't build the ministry, but builds a, a nicer house and a, uh, you know, especially a, a, a grand house uh, and, and lets you buy the finest of new vehicles. Uh, that is an example. And we have a person that's been a part of our listening family that that is the experience that they had. And that's why they, they, they so, so push back so hard against anything that even remotely looks like it could potentially be the prosperity gospel. And uh, I understand that because uh, they were significantly uh, impacted through what happened in that family. Verse 13 says they'll be paid back with harm for harm, uh, with harm for the harm they've done. We read that their idea of pleasure is to carouse in the broad daylight. Well, God has given me freedom, and I'm God's person, and I can do what I want. Their blots, their blemishes, reveling in the pleasures while they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery. Some of them, I mean, they go out and they carouse, and, and they never, ever stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. They are experts in greed, and they are called an accursed brood. We must be careful of these types of people. It says they left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam. And what Balaam would do is Balaam would tell people would pay him and he would prophesy for them. He'd say, so what do you want to know about? What do you want the outcome to be? And he would prophesy exactly what they wanted to hear. It may not have happened that often, but he was known well enough as this particular type of for-pay prophet that, that he earned a living uh, by prophesying in that type of thing. And so we have to watch out for, for preachers who left the straight way and wander off to, to, to follow after things like that. It says this in verse 16. It says he was rebuked for his wrongdoing by a donkey. You go back to like Numbers 22 and you can read about Balaam. Uh, and, uh, you know, God spoke through a donkey. Um, it's a beast without speech. Uh, who spoke with a man's voice and restrained the prophet's madness. The prophet was going to say one thing, but the donkey being used by God did not allow him to. These things do happen. Again, the description of these men, there are springs without water, mists driven by a storm, blackest darkness is reserved for them. They mouth empty, boastful words by appealing to the lustful desires of the sinful human nature. And friends, be careful that in the political world, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in air. They promise freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For a man is a slave to whatever's master him. If they've escaped the corruption uh, of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than at the beginning. Uh, it would have been better to have not known the way of righteous, righteousness than to have known it and turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them, often for ill gain. Verse 22, a dog returns to it, vomit. Sometimes these people go back to that same type of teaching and uh, trying to entice people for money or, or even for uh, prestige and power. Sometimes not even money has to do anything with it, but it's prestige. And it is power. Beware of false teachers. Um, beware of false prophets. Beware of those who 
who, who go after these many things that, that are going to make you feel good, but, but may not be the truth. And that feeling good will be short lived friends. Well, we've, we've worked our way through this passage. I am not going to try to milk it for more. Uh, uh, I, I think it's been pretty clear uh, in two sessions. We've covered some different things here, two sessions, just underscoring underlying that not everything that sounds good is good. Hold it up against the scriptures. Uh, if it seems to go against what the scriptures have taught, you need to be careful of it and uh, perhaps stay away from it. Um, don't listen to it. Don't put uh, that person's podcast in your queue. That's what we're talking about here. Beware of false teachers. Not everything that sounds good is good. Be a student of the word. That you may be empowered by the word, that you may be encouraged and strengthened by the promises of God. Lord, thank you for the time we could share this morning here. This is a little bit more of a brutal passage. We we acknowledge that, but Lord, help us to be people of the truth. Help us to be people of veracity. That is why our church chose that name. People who conform to truth. Help us to live this out today for the glory of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, friends, that's a wrap. We'll pick up in 2 Peter chapter 3 tomorrow. You have a good day.